This is Eighth Wonder from the Doctor Who podcast. You are most welcome. Hello, and we're back for episode two of Eighth Wonder. This time we'll be covering the second story in the Dark Eyes saga called Fugitives. And joining me once again is James. Hello, James. Hello, Brent. Hello, everybody. So how are you getting along with Dark Eyes then, Brent? I am loving it so far. <laughs> I'm really trying to hold back and do one episode per recording. Mm. and uh, It's kind of hard to do, but I'm hanging in there. Brent, it's good to be able to talk to you knowing that you're actually doing this properly. Yeah, these episodes, uh, they have really good cliffhangers, and they're really action-packed. I mean, mm. they do not slow down. Every, something is going on all the time. Well, how different was this from part one? Um, this probably had more action in it. I would say um, it's called Fugitives because they spend pretty much the entire episode running yeah. from somebody. <laughs> sometimes it's the Daleks, sometimes it's someone else, and they're just running the whole time. Um mm. They escape the Daleks on horseback. Then they fly a plane, which they crash. Um, lots of stuff that's going the, on. That's here. the first 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's incredible. I mean, I, I think if you consider how serious the setting of World War I uh, was taken and treated in part one, uh, I mean, it really conveyed the real horror of, um, of the war. And it, it slowly introduced that sci-fi element in the Daleks and uh, and Time Lords and so on. This part, well, okay, um, I think we have, and I'm going to go through these. I've even written these down, so tell me if I've missed anything out here. So we start in 1970 uh-huh. in London, I think. Then we go back to the First World War. Then we move on to 1940 and the Second World War and a beach at Dunkirk. <laughs> Then to 1972 in London, and then An Alien Planet, which I can't quite name. Um, And and that is just us following the Doctor and Molly around. Mm -hmm. Uh, And there are some other scenes as well set in other locations uh, without the two characters as well. So I think you are right. I mean, the pace at which this... um, rockets along is uh, is giddying almost but um you know it's very easy to keep up with the action it, it's not one of these stories where so much is happening you're scratching your head and you know having to rewind every five minutes that's true and uh not a whole lot of characters to keep up with either so it's uh it's very easy to keep up with and and there's a lot of stories that are an hour well this is almost an hour long and and mm. sometimes you feel that hour but these blow by really quickly because they're they're so uh they're so fast paced yeah yeah i mean it's it's the i mean the pace is one thing certainly but the the story itself again so much is going on here and uh i think if you you know you take a look at at molly's journey and 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 one of the things i've had difficulty with with doctor who in the past not just on audio but on television as well is how quickly companions become accustomed to traveling through time and space with a doctor and how you know they quite frankly take it within their stride and they don't go completely mad the way molly has been written is that within this episode as you rightly say it's just under an hour long she goes through practically every single emotion known to man yeah. and she does it convincingly yeah yeah very much you so. know she's, she's terrified in certain scenes absolutely bemused and baffled in other she threatens to punch the doctor on the nose that's my <laughs> irish accent 
<laughs> on, on several occasions so she's she's uh, she's angry and towards the end she is incredibly playful and full of the joys that time travel offers mm-hmm. and uh, i i just think you know it's been such a long time since a character has been written that well it's it's i know no time for all that Now we're safe. I'm sorry. I know this can't be easy for you. Just take your time. It's... Yes? It's just that... I was going to say... What? I've... I've been here before. Yeah, and I love that scene too where she's just flipping buttons on the TARDIS. What does this do? What does this do? What does this do? And she's giggling and gets the doctor giggling. He's giggling too. Eventually, when you consider, you know... In, in how dark a place the Eighth Doctor was prior to, to Dark Eyes, and all of a sudden, you know, he's rediscovered that childlike quality uh, that all of the incarnations of the Doctor has. But on, on this occasion, or in this story, he, he's giggling very, very quickly. Um, and again, as always in all great stories, it's the contrast of the immediate threat and terror that follows that really creates the, you know, dramatic tension. And... Um, the Daleks and the Time Lords doing their own thing, almost in the background. They're kind of watching what's going on here. Mm-hmm. And uh, that kind of feels arch and, uh, you know, quite dark in itself. Yeah, and um, the other person we haven't talked about yet is Straxus. And oh, there's yeah. this recurring scene where he keeps trying to jump off a cliff to regenerate, <laughs> which is hilarious. <laughs> well, we've, yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny because you don't know why he's doing it. And of course, I'm, I'm speaking to you, Brent, you having not heard how this story pans out. Uh, and I'm extremely keen not to spoil the story for you. <laughs> but this, this is essentially a time lord trying to commit suicide. And it's written in a dramatic, uh, sorry, no, not dramatic. It's written in a comedic fashion. Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost a skit, isn't it? That yeah. Briggs has written here. <laughs> you know, and, and and you don't really, or I'm assuming I'm right in saying this. You have to, you'll have to tell me whether I'm right. You don't get any real context in this hour's worth of storytelling as to what all that's about. No, I, I have a I have a theory, but I, oh, I'm not sure on, yet. Oh, should I give it to you? Absolutely. Why not? I mean, you don't know what's happening, so it's you just guessing, and that's all part of the fun. Just a guess. <laughs> it just hit me as he keeps trying to regenerate. And they keep going away from that and back to Molly and the Doctor and and where does she come from and how does she know what this TARDIS looks like and all of this. And I think maybe Molly is Straxus regenerated. Uh Well, you may may think that. (laughs) I couldn't possibly comment. (laughs) We shall see. Uh, But you're right. I mean, that's just one one element. Um, And of course, we've got the Dalek time controller giggling away with uh, this character played by Toby Jones, mm-hmm. uh, who, who is the recurrent uh, character throughout the whole saga of, uh, of Dark Eyes 1. And again, you, you're slowly learning about what their plans are and how, how they fit in with the Straxis storyline and, of course, um, how this whole thing started uh, with, um, with Straxis kind of intervening in the doctor's um, initial journey at the beginning of episode one and and toby jones is again we just don't know who he is at the moment so yeah. uh he's um his, his character is uh 
I, I, it, it, well, obviously he played the Dream Lord uh, in, in the TV right, yeah. series, yeah. yeah. So um, you, you kind of think he's got some kind of association with the uh, with, with the Time Lords. But, yeah, uh, and when I came to visit uh, in England about three years ago now, uh, I went to see Pearl Mackey in a play, uh, The Birthday Party, and Toby Jones was the star of that too. Ah, okay. Yeah, oh, yeah. that rings a bell now. Actually, I think you were quite excited about it. Oh, it was were, great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they did. They did a great job. Yeah. Real well. Was it as dramatically as um, enthralling as Dark Eyes? Mm. <laughs> On a different wavelength. <laughs> no Daleks. There were no crashing planes Daleks. in the uh, in the theater. No, no crashing <laughs> planes. No horseback. Uh, um, th- th- there is um, there is one other thing I wanted to mention before we uh, before we wrap this one up. Actually, possibly two, and it, it's relating to the very opening uh, scene. So this is the pre-credit sequence. Uh, we're introduced to a character called Sally Armstrong, uh, and again at this point we don't know who she is, but she comes back not in Dark Eyes, uh, but in an alternative timeline in a slightly different uh, range of plays, if memory serves. Uh, so um, although, you know, let's say that there's a rather definitive end uh, to her story in this episode, it may not necessarily be the end of the saga. Hmm. Do you happen to know which one it is she comes back in? No, I can't remember, <laughs> <laughs> which is why I've said it. Oh, all right. Um, but also one other thing uh, I wanted to mention, the VSAI 0001 mm-hmm. in 1970. <laughs> I'm sorry, but surely, surely that machine is related to Wotan in some way. <laughs> four it years after Four Wotan. years off, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but but on the whole, I have to say, I, I love this part of Dark Eyes. I mean, I love all of Dark Eyes, so that's that's the biggest spoiler that I'll, I'll, I'll give. Um, so there's, there's simply not an episode that I think is, um, is poor. Uh, but um, I would say these, these first two episodes are two of the best of a four-part box set, of any four-part box set Big Finish have released. And uh, I assume you're really keen now to, to, to get listening to the rest. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're great. I'm, I'm uh, <laughs> eager to see how it, how it wraps up. Pet form of Mary. Should I call you Mary? You will not. Oh, Sullivan... One-eyed? Interesting. But you've got two eyes. Ah. Dark-eyed. That's better. And you do have dark eyes, Molly O'Sullivan. Very dark eyes. I'm going to call you dark eyes. I won't be on part three of uh, of Eighth Wonder. Michelle's going to take over for that particular episode. So I will just say one thing. And that's part three of the first run of Dark Eyes is my favourite. Okay. And I can't say why at this stage. So um, if, if I'm back on part four, I might cover a better part three as well. <laughs> Sounds good. So, yeah, look out for episode three coming soon with uh, Michelle and I. And James, thanks for hanging out with me and uh, introducing me to this Dark Eyes thing. <laughs> Fun as always. Always keen to spread the word, the gospel, if you like, of, uh, <laughs> of Eighth Doctor stories. All right. We'll see you next time. That was the Doctor Who Podcast, which you can find at thedoctorwhopodcast.com. If you have any feedback, please send it in to feedback at thedoctorwhopodcast.com. Thank you for listening. Take care.